This morning we're going to uh, talk about identification. And I thought a good way of starting with identification is by doing a little practical experiment. I assure you that this shirt is only used for the purposes of this, this little test we're going to do. I have no, absolutely no, no leanings towards this. It's, it's totally impartial. If it had been a flag of Wales, I would never have stopped talking about it and you'd have heard nothing at all. So now I'm going to give you this to look at. Okay? I'll stand as you can all see. Right. Does this mean anything to you? Up and down for yes, side to side for no. It does. Okay. For some people, this shirt means an awful lot. For some people, they identify with this shirt. They identify with this team. They're proud to put this shirt on. And they're proud to call the name of this particular team. Now I'm going to ask you another thing. I want you to look at this cross. I'm not asking for a show of hands. I'm not asking for heads up and down or side to side. But the question is, do you identify with this cross? Is it for some just a shirt? Is it for some just a cross? Or is it for some of us an identity? We identify with this cross. Thank you for the Manchester United supporter. Let me borrow the shirt this morning. <coughs> okay. Identify a football supporter shows it by wearing team colours. We've decided that. Watching as many matches as possible and is proud to be associated with the team. They have a team identity. In our everyday lives, we identify with a person, an organisation, an occupation, a nationality or church. Do you think upon our church, do you say when you talk to people, is it the church or do you happen to say my church? Because there's a big difference. Because when you say it's my church, you've got identity with it. When you call it the church, it's just a building. It's just a group of people. But by saying it's my church, then you're becoming to identify it. You see, we as Christians have something to identify, and that is the cross. So to identify with the cross means identifying and being one with Christ. When we are in him, he changes the way we think and live. Those verses that we read from Romans together will explain that situation. But in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. One of the things that happens in our society at the moment is that uh, people are stealing other people's identity. And it's using their identity to take money from their accounts, to do all sorts of terrible things. 
And you're constantly being reminded that it's an identity theft. But this is a different thing because on the cross, Christ Jesus did an identity swap. He didn't steal your identity. He swapped your identity with you. He took on himself your old sinful identity and gave you his An identity that was perfect without blemish and pleasing to God. Think about that for a moment. I thought about it a bit earlier today and I was thinking about you see so many homeless folk who have been living in their clothes for a considerable time. Actually, I was thinking more of a pilgrim because that's a pretty close thing that's close to my heart. And a pilgrim who travels for many miles and many days and arrives at your house in terrible clothing, really, because he's been through all sorts of situations, he's been through all sorts of weather. And when he gets to this house, the person opens the door and says, oh, come in, take off your old clothes and put mine on. How would you feel? How would you feel? Would you feel a bit, well, this is, I, I'm really not worthy to, to give up these clothes that I've been tramping for in miles and they're getting a bit smelly and putting on your nice clean clothes. But this is what we're talking about here. This is what Jesus is doing. He's taking on your identity. He wants to take on your old self. All the things that you've done in the past, all the terrible things that you've done. And all of us have got things that we're not proud of. But Jesus is prepared to take that identity and take it upon himself and to give you that new identity that was perfect without blemish and pleasing to God. You see, before God, we were destined for death and destruction. Now, we are destined for eternal life. And that tells us that in 1 John 2 and verse 25. Before Christ, we were destined for despair, degradation and poverty. But in Christ, we are destined to have life and have it more abundantly. John 10 Verse 10, God wants you to have the best. Not second best, the best. He wants you to have everything. Because we have died with Christ on the cross, our old self has been put off. Sometimes it talks about your old life. Sometimes it talks about your old clothes. But your old life, the habits of the old self have been taken away with such as anger, passion, hatred, slander and lying. So then, it would surely be inconceivable for the new identity person to want to return to their old identity instead of rejoicing at their release from them and their forgiveness. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you. When the caterpillar passes through the chrysalis, um, we'll call the chrysalis death to old self, okay? It emerges as a butterfly. Now, instead of crawling, it can fly. Instead of having no real pleasure, beauty in the beholder, just scraping a living, eating away, waiting. Why then would it once again then want to start crawl because it comes out to be a beautiful butterfly. And we've seen some beautiful butterflies and we've seen butterflies emerge 
from a chrysalis, drying out in the sun and getting the feel in their wings and thinking, my, this is good. And then to fly, to have freedom. So why would you want to go back? Why would you want to return to your old ways? Why? But people do. Paul's teaching is that as an old identity of life has died in Christ and we have been made new creatures with him, we are to live as such and identify with Christ. We are butterflies for Christ, if you like. But with all things, unfortunately, some Christians have an identity crisis. They'd have to admit that they identify with the cross for forgiveness of sins. But they refuse any cross which involves the crucifixion of the world. You could say they want their cake and eat it. You could say, yeah, I believe that I'm going to be forgiven for the sins that I have commit. But I don't really want to stop committing those sins because I really want to flirt with the world a bit. And I want, you know, the best of both. But you have to have a different crucifixion. You have to have a crucifixion of the world. What do I mean by this? Well, this means that when you no longer see the attractions of it that you once hungered for, the pleasures that you sought after have lost their charm. And the things you once loved, you no longer desire. When you can say, I am no longer the world's, but Christ's. The old world is dead to me. I'm alive in him. Then you will be truly identifying with the cross. To the Apostle Paul, the cross was a separating medium, cutting him off from compromise with and contamination by the world. He even glorified in the cross, which forever separated him from the world. But what takes over then if you give up? If your old life means nothing, well, new pleasures will take over into your world and enrich your life. And here is some to show you what we are and we have in Christ. We've already spoken about it, that we are new creatures. We are a new creation. That's 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. We're told that we're the righteousness of God, that we can come before God, whereas before we couldn't. And our standing and acceptance before God are solely due to Christ and the cross. We have been healed, 1 Peter 2 and 24, by the wounds of Christ on the cross. Every wound that Jesus had inflicted on him was for you. Every lashing that he took from the whip was for you. Every pain that he suffered when those nails were banged into his hands and his feet. And when he was lifted up on the cross, they were for you. You were healed by those most <coughs> wounds. Now will you start identifying with the cross? Now will you start thinking what the cross really means to you? It's not just that. It's not just a plain bit of glass. It's to you and it's personal and it's for each one of you as a church and as us as individuals. 
It says then that we are accepted in Ephesians 1 and 16. We're accepted by God through his son. And then we are free from sin. In Romans chapter 6 we read these words. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Why am I telling this? What am I trying to tell you? Well, it's time for us to stand up and be who God says we are. And we need to let the devil know that we know who we are in Christ. We need to identify and know our identification. Then, any time he tries to attack us, we can throw our shoulders back and proudly say, don't mess with me, I'm identified with Christ and the cross. When you do that, faith becomes in action. <clears throat> we talk about identity cards. Not so much now. And uh, after the war, we all had identity cards and that we had to show when we were asked to do so. We don't have that now in this country. But in many places, you do have identity cards <coughs> to be allowed admission to various places. So I'm going to give you a new identity card. So here's a new identity card issued by Christ on the cross and endorsed by God. Instead of sinner, you are called Christian. Instead of lost, you're called found. Instead of enemy, you're called friend. And instead of unrighteous, you are called righteous. Instead of sick, you are called healed. And instead of poor, you are called rich. Rich in that bountiful love of God. Rich in the cross of Jesus Christ. Why would you? Why would you want to go back? Why would you want to offer it back and say, oh, I think I'll go back as I was, thanks. Why? What would possess you to do it? You see, when you understand your new identity in Christ, you will be a stronger and more stable Christian. Your faith will work for you better. Your prayer life will be enhanced and you will walk in a new level of authority. And it impacts our life in other ways. We no longer chase after the desires of the world, but instead seek to bring God glory in all areas of our life. All that we do, we do for Christ. We'll not be crushed by our failures and our weaknesses. We are someone who will help us through our failures and our weaknesses, who will strengthen us. And we no longer fear the future. For our identity in Christ has given us direct access to our Heavenly Father, who can we call on with confidence and complete trust? That's your new identity card. That's the identity that Christ gave you on the cross. He gave you the opportunity to be pure, to be acceptable to God. Don't let him down. Don't ask for your old identity back. Take joy in the identity that Christ has given you. Use it 
to promote the gospel of Christ. Use it to know in your heart that God is there. Use it so that we as a church here can be united in our love with one another. We can be united in our love with Christ. And our desire would be that we would want to go out and bring people in to tell people about our identity. Not the church, but my church. Not the cross of Christ, but my cross. Praise God that he loves us enough to take our broken, rebellious hearts and because of the sacrifice of his son, offer us a new identity in Christ. Let's not settle for anything less. Please don't settle for anything less. Please don't desire to go back to your old identity. I'm asking you to identify with the cross of Christ. Be proud of our Lord and give him the love that he so richly deserves. Amen.